Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Business Pro podcast, the podcast that empowers you to win at work, at home, and in life. Your hosts are the formidable duo of Todd Holland, an award-winning marketer, best-selling author, and serial entrepreneur, and yours truly, Jonathan Laudermilk, another best-selling author, globally recognized, successful business owner, and business coach. Together, we're going to bring you invaluable insights, inspiration, and real-world strategies from the world's leading business minds. Get ready to start winning in every area of your life. Let's start the show. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Real Business Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Laudermilk, your host with the most. And as always, I've got my main man, Todd the Duck Man, flying co-pilot with me in this episode. And we've got a damn good guest today and a good friend of mine. Um, A little bit of background on our guest that we have today. He actually is a fellow marketer as well. So I know we're going to have a pretty fun conversation with uh, Todd being on here, being our master marketer as well. So it's going to be a jam-packed episode full of value. Before we get started, though, and introduce our guests and do all the things, if this is your first time tuning in, I just want you to kick back, relax, enjoy the show. Your gift to us is that you're taking valuable time out of your day to tune in and listen to us today. However, if this is your second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, your umpteenth time checking this out, you know what I'm about to ask you. I need you to like and subscribe. I need you to share us on social media. Even better yet, take this episode and send it to a fellow entrepreneur or business pro in need. It really helps the channel out. And once again, it really supports us on our mission, which is to help business professionals create more freedom within their business so that they have the time to focus on creating a legacy for their life. With that being said, I'm going to pass the baton over to my right-hand man, Todd. How are you today, sir? Man, I got hit by a hurricane last week. So other than that, I'm doing awful. You did, uh, man. I, I heard it had a name, too. That's how you know it's a real one. Yeah, I'm not allowed to say the name of the hurricane. Otherwise, I'll disappear shortly afterwards. And you're not going to have a <laughs> for the rest of this. But yeah, man, we had some flooding. We had all kinds of stuff. So, But I'm not here to talk about my weather issues. I'm here to interview a guest that I have been looking forward to having on our show for quite some time. Mr. Scott Conway. Scott is an international executive who's done business in Canada, the U.S., Colombia, South Africa, and Nigeria. Heard that right. He has had a successful exit under the age of 30, which is hard to do at any age, let alone that young, so very, very cool. His core competencies are sales, sales operations, project management, analytics, making businesses better, faster, and cheaper, and he has experience leading small and large teams. He speaks English y Espanol, and in his free time, he explores the nature of consciousness by connecting to God through meditation, comedy shows, he loves traveling the world, he's an art enthusiast, but to be clear, what he means by art enthusiast is tattoo connoisseur so with that being said scott how the devil are you my friend better for talking to y'all great to be here <laughs> man i you i consider you one of my top g friends man you out there living that tate lifestyle bro <laughs> oh my god don't uh, i'm not even gonna touch that with the 10-foot pole but something i really appreciate about you jonathan is just how sincere and genuine you are in each one of our interactions and so I loved your I loved your intro and and Todd I appreciate you teaming me up as well. Yeah, man, we're gonna have a fun conversation today, dude. I'm glad to have you on. Yeah, it's gonna be brilliant. Um, 
Incidentally, Scott, where are you joining us from? I think this is probably the, I know we have some questions, but I want to know this just to set the stage. Where are you joining I'm us in, from? I'm in Rome, Italia. Uh-huh. You're That's in Rome gonna, now? It's going to be somewhere crazy. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> so, so, all right, let's do this, Todd. I want, I, I'm such a control freak. I know I'm telling you, you're going to ask questions, but I'm going I'm to kick us off. Um, I think the best place to start with this, Scott, is like, dude, tell us where you started as an entrepreneur and kind of tell us that journey. Because once again, um, you're living in like all these other countries, you're able to travel. You know, I know you built this really successful business, you're able to exit from that. So I think the best place to start for our, our audience, man, is let's go back to the beginning, man, and kind of talk us through that journey of how you've gotten to where you're at. Because, dude, you're living the dream, dude. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, I, I got started when I was 18 years old. You know, I, I initially, I was applying for jobs and one job that I applied for was a commission only sales job. And then another one is a retail sales job. And the retail sales job was an hourly plus commission type of a type of arrangement. But then the commission only job said that I could make 2,500 a week. All I needed to do was this. XYZ. And as soon as I said that, me as an 18 year old, I'm like, okay, I'm in, <laughs> say less. And um, so I started knocking doors and I was terrible, like the worst of the worst. And the worst part is too, is that I didn't even practice my craft. And so I'd done that for two years and I actually, I made less than minimum wage over that two year period in, in uh, Ottawa, Canada, where I'm from. And then, cause we were selling, you know, it was a hundred dollars a water heater for each water oh, yeah. heater replacement. So there's not a lot of spread with that with a hundred dollars water heater, right? Yeah. And it was really just a matter of brute forcing it. And I wasn't good at, I, you know, the truth is, is I really struggled with rejection. It was really, painful it was really painful for me and it was something that you know I had a really had a pretty painful high school experience and so that triggered me a lot and so I just ended up smoking most of the time when I was supposed to be knocking doors and then in life then I went on to to do life insurance after that because they said that I can make 1100 per policy and I was like I was thinking you know I'm going to be able to crush this because if I make, if I'm making 10 times what I was making as when I sell water heaters, then this is going to be, this is going to be a walk in the park. Long story short, it wasn't a walk in the park. And <laughs> same, um, same deal where I made less than minimum wage over that two year stretch. So my first four years in sales, I made $6,000 and yeah, I, I cried myself to sleep many a night. I had doubts whether or not I'd ever make it. I had doubts whether or not I could be successful or achieve the level of success that I, I, I wanted. And it was rough. Like I was living in my parents' house and um, it was a very difficult chapter in my life. Subsequently after that, I started at a, I started working in security at a small security company, just doing security. And that, how, that would later on help me a lot with dealing with various different types of personalities because a lot of the folks that we worked with were either there for, that was their lifelong career or they were just looking to do that until become, graduating to become a police officer or 
uh, whatever that next step was in, in their career. And in that, we started off, when I, when I was working there, there was about 11 of us. Um, after I had quit the insurance gig about three months into working security, because I just, it wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't sustainable. I wasn't making enough money to live. My parents were getting frustrated as well. I mean, they were very supportive and very patient, thankfully, but at the same time, I could really feel their, their kind of angst about me and what I was going to do. And the truth is I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. It was, it was extremely challenging. And with security, then I started, I was doing guard work, like working as a security guard. I mean, there's a lot of stories in that, but I mean, almost getting jumped, getting threatened to be stabbed, um, having to de-escalate a lot of situations. I mean, the benefit of the job is that I'd get pretty aggressively hit on, and that was kind of nice. But so, still, where, what were you doing security for? Like a nightclub? It was um, somewhat. I was doing some after-hours gigs um, here and there, but mainly it was shopping malls, movie theaters. Okay. So you're saying that there's a lot of talent at the movie theaters. <laughs> I mean, apparently. <laughs> it was mainly the mall. There was these specifically there was this hair salon at the mall, and they'd always cat call me. And I'm like, this is so this is so ridiculous. <laughs> but also I don't hate it, but this is crazy. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Funny, it's funny you mentioned that, man, because uh I started off as a personal trainer where I had to build like my own business. And dude, I sucked ass at sales when I first started. Like I couldn't close a door. Like they didn't teach you that when I was in school, you know. I kind of learned that after the fact. And I remember, man, there's actually a point where I actually picked up a side job as a bouncer at a bar just to make ends meet. So I feel like, you know, had to take that frustration out of not closing deals on somebody, you know, so you're like, you kind of hoping somebody got out of line that night. <laughs> I was honestly, I was scared. I was, can I just curse on this? Dude, it's called real talk. Or real if you don't, okay. it's going to be weird, dude. If you don't. Yeah, okay. Here, yeah, here's the I thing. was scared shitless of conflict. Dude, you can't be in sales and not pick up a sailor's vocabulary. I don't care who you are. Like, I don't like if you're in sales and you and you like are prim and proper and you don't cuss. Like, I don't trust you. Yeah, it's called <laughs> cursing like a sailor for a reason because this guy makes sales or curse like it. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh huh. That was clever. Thank you. Oh wow. <laughs> the, oh the my mar- god. Says dad's mar- getting out of hand here. <laughs> <laughs> whatever man says the marketer <laughs> anyway keep going with the story man so you're doing security and you're and you're kind of at that crossroads in your life of like man like i gotta figure some shit out so what happened next so in security there i mean i was working directly eventually i, I worked my way up to the district manager position and in that role i was able to help us grow from because a lot of that role was just putting out fires and I was able to put out a lot of the fires that really were systemic and really just strung it together through brute force of just me always being on call and covering the shifts whenever I needed to. And there was one time on Canada Day, which is Canada's independence from uh, Independence Day from Britain. And we had, I signed, I, I signed a bunch of deals. I closed a bunch of deals for the company to staff security for. 
marked them up above like 50% over the market value of um, best one. Well, that was the average. Best one was like 62% above market value is what I was able to close. And I had worked, I, I put in 27 hours over a 36 hour stretch of just work of just doing guard work, making sure that everybody was on shift, ensuring that the deals were covered, that everybody, the managers were good. And it was, it was even now just thinking about it gives me really chills thinking about because it was so challenging, but it was the first massive win of my career where I thought, you know, like I can be a success. Like I fucking did it. And made sure that every, everything was staffed, everything was taken care of, clients were happy things went through without a hitch so so what happened so what happened in that transition of going from like dude my first two sales jobs like no i sucked at but then you go into this company and then you're closing deals above market value like what was that catalyst that made that shift for you a lot of it was just understanding more people and security how it really helped me get have an understanding of conflict and really gave me the courage and the balls to mm. have um, to ask for these things, to go for the go for the win, go for the go for the deal, ask for it, and see what happens. So I'm sure after potentially getting stabbed versus asking someone, "Hey, how would you like to take care of that?" That definitely put things in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting stabbed is definitely on the hierarchy of, of scarier <laughs> scarier things. I love it, man. That's awesome. And after that, I had hired, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't getting what I was worth from the company based on the amount of effort that I was putting in. And I wanted equity. That was always my goal. And so I'd asked for, I'd asked for a raise. I got it. But within a month, I, I thought, you know, this still is, the money here still is not worth mm-hmm. the distress that I'm, I'm going through. So I hired a sales coach to really laser in on the skill set. And from there, it I was able to really hone the skills. And then that helped me parlay into a software sales job, a corporate sales job, which I was making significantly more money doing that. It was also a tech company based out of San Francisco. And that was like a four-year business education. I soaked up everything like a sponge there, just everything in terms of how they operated, good and bad. What is everything that I could possibly learn? So I was doing, I was doing 10 hour days, probably three times a week um, there. Um, I'd show up an extra two hours early and made sure that I was squeezing all the juice out of the apple. By doing that, it really gave me a strong foundation both sales wise and business acumen wise for me to, because when I start ultimately where I fell short in these, when I was doing door to door sales and then insurance is that I just didn't have the skills to, I didn't have the foundation of sales and management skills that I eventually would develop through corporate sales and uh, security job, the leadership management and sales skills for me to build my own business. And through acquiring those skills, I was able to parlay that into starting the agency, which is another interesting story that I can get into. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll do. Let's get into the agency, man. How'd you start that? What did that look like? So I was working out at the gym across the street from my from my corporate sales job one lunchtime. 
back in 20, was in 2018. And this personal trainer, he kept trying to pitch me on personal training services. And I was like, dude, I'm not interested. I don't need a trainer. And he kept following up. So, you know, I said, I, reluctantly, I, you know, I eventually thought, I'm not going to buy your service, but how can I serve you? How can I add value to what you're doing? And so I started to walk him through what he could do with performance marketing. I mean, Google ads, Facebook ads. And he's like, all right, I'm not going to do that. But what if I just pay you to do this for me? And I thought, sure. Here, send me, send me this amount. And so he sent me the Canadian equivalent of a Venmo. And then I don't know how to fulfill this order. So I called my business, my former business partner, Juan Colicchio, who he was a head of internal marketing or head of market, um, inbound marketing, excuse me, at, uh, at a commercial heating, venting and cooling company. I was based also in, in Ottawa. So he, he is a total nerd and genius when it comes to performance marketing. And I thought, Juan, can you help me out with it? Can you help me out with it? Fulfill this and we'll split the profits 50, 50. So he agreed. And from there, we got this client three customers within two weeks. And we started testing more with personal trainers and seeing if there was a market for this. And we, we got a few clients. We got our first big, big, um, like 10K per month client um, within about six months after that. And then transitioning from my corporate sales job to uh, full-time, um, to full-time I had been, um, I've been doing sales calls on my breaks at work. Plus um, I had con I'd positioned, they were in a transitionary period, which worked out really well for both them and myself, where I was able to negotiate me coming in for twice a week, working twice a week um, for a comparable amount mean about the same amount after tax that I was making, um, that I was making full time. And they had agreed. I laid out an entire business plan and proposal about how I was going to come in and how I was going to help them manage this transition. They agreed. And so that made the transition for me to go from part-time to full-time a lot easier. And from that point, we had, we had developed a few other bigger clients. 10K plus retainer type, type of clients. But it was still, those, those leads were very few and far between because we were starting, just starting out. We didn't have the case studies. We didn't have the go to, we didn't have the case studies to really give us confidence for a really aggressive go to market strategy. However, we had a, several case studies for a few realtors. And where that's when we had launched, we decided to launch the call center line of business. Uh, this was early 2020, right before COVID, and the real estate market got crazy where we made the decision to focus on, on realtors while the agency side of the business slowly built up and we developed more case studies, more SEO. We invested a lot in SEO on our, on our website as part of our go-to-market strategy for, for attracting those customers. And then um, subsequently from that, we went really aggressive going after targeting realtors, um, involving some um, some white hat, gray hat, uh, marketing. And we had grown that we initially, we grew that up to, we we're helping realtors attract buyers, which 
um, worked really well initially. But then as the market shifted towards more of a seller's market, then we had to change our product offer to attract sellers. But eventually, I mean, we built that up to a seven-figure line of business within two years um, across 2020 to the end of 21 is when we were starting to hit that um, $80,000 per month mark. And then eventually the agency side of business caught up as the real estate market was um, on the downward and was, we had actually iterated our offer a few more times to shift it more to a performance offer for real estate because that's what all of our customers wanted was a performance-based offer. Hmm. And in doing that, it worked great when the market was really hot, but it was an uncanny correlation causation relationship between the volume of homes sold in the United States and our revenue for the real estate call center line of business. Yeah. And so as home sales slowed, as interest rates increased, our revenue just tanked. And it, it sounds probably more dramatic than it was. I mean, it was slow over the course of 2022, but by the, by the course of, by the end of um, 22, Early twenty, early twenty three, it was starting not to be, it starting not to be profitable, and we made the decision. All right, if this loses money two months in a row, we're selling it. So we did. Thankfully, we were able to. We were, it was an asset sell where we sold off various assets of the business, like the team, I mean, the client list. Um, we still have the data. We never, we never were able to find a buyer for that. However, um, after that, the that call center, specifically the people there, I poured my heart and soul into our team through our one-on-ones, the coaching and, and building a culture that produced 100% net promoter score, which is something that I'm the most proud of in addition to our customers and our account churn was 2.6% as, as a marketing agency is exceptional comparatively to our industry peers, which I usually see about five to 7% monthly account churn. Um, those are some of the things that I'm the most proud of and all the lessons that I learned in, in doing that. But after we sold off the, the call center, I moved on the business development side for our agency and I just no longer felt aligned to the mission. Um, and, and so I decided, I asked my partner for, for a buyout and um, fortunately it was a, a generous buyout. And, and now I'm, enjoying this well-deserved rest yeah man dude that's a, that's awesome yeah fantastic so i i resonate so much with the idea of performance-based marketing being tethered to the success of an entire industry and it's like when some black swan event happens home sales slow and interest rates rise revenue dries up too we did we had something similar go on with roofers um we, we would have a revenue share agreement with them, but then the price of lumber went so, you know, high up that they would just get fewer and fewer jobs. And so we saw that dry up too. So I, I would say that my next question to this would be what would have, what was that like inflection point for you realizing like, Hey, this is now an opportunity to exit, to move on and, and sort of do what I'm doing right now. When did you realize that was what you wanted? 
you know, I had, um, I was in, I was in Lima back in May visiting. I heard so many great things about that city. And I kept thinking about how much I didn't want to go back. And that was up until that point, I love what we were doing. I love the grind. I love the routine, the discipline, really the reward of building a company and a culture. But starting from scratch, I wasn't opposed to it, but I just didn't, I just wasn't interested in the work that we were doing. Uh And I wasn't interested in the, what came with that. So I had a conversation after I got back. It was kind of it's unfortunate timing actually for my business partner. I actually sprung this on him on the week of his wedding, which um, was uh, uh, probably a lot for him to, to, to digest, but we, I'm really grateful for everything that I had accomplished with him and everything that we had built together over that, over that time period. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I got a question, man. This is one that like, I have a hard time answering this one myself because, and and I'll tell you why I'm always like, well, I would never change anything about what I've done because what I've done, the mistakes I've made led me to where I am today and all that. But like in a much more real sense, there's like a handful of things I'd probably never, you know, go back and change or, or find a time machine. I would, you know, that's where I would go first. Do you have one of those moments of like, what would you do have done differently if you had the opportunity to? Yeah, I, back in April of 22, we were going through a settlement and this was the first, this was the first settlement that we'd gone through. And so we made a shitload of mistakes going through that. And one of them was we paused the lights, so to speak, like we paused our operation for a month, excuse me. And at the same time, we refused to let anybody go. So we kept everybody on payroll and that cost us so much, so much money. I mean, it, it, in addition to just all costs, everything all in with everything that we had going on, the bill was 170 K. And had I gone back to that, that would have, we would have been in a position that we could have made, um, we could have made 60 K profit instead of losing 170. So that's like a, that's a, that's a 230 K swing that had I gone back, what I would do is I would tell myself, Hey, Hey, I know you're scared. I know you're scared about this, this settlement and, and the potential implications of it. However, we still have a business to run with the ship. The train needs to keep going. Otherwise, this is this is going to this is going to this is going to reflect um, really poorly on on the P and L, and you're going to find that out in about three months. That is going to sting more than this uh, than the fear of um, the implications of this dispute. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the theme there for me is sometimes the the fear of something is so much greater than the pain itself. 
right? Where we, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm scared to take that step because it's going to hurt, but like not taking the step is really what's going to cause the pain later on. So I, I, that resonated with me what you just said, Scott. Not making a decision is making a decision. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, Grant Cardone used to say no is a level of interest. <laughs> <laughs> no interest is interest. Right? Right, it's, right. It's in the title. It has to be, right? It's no interest. That's awesome. So, uh, it, it, dude, I, I, I love that. Thank you so much for telling that story. There is one final piece of this interview that you agreed to. Mr. Conway, and that is the rapid fire questions. Are you ready for these? All right, let's go. Before ahead. you answer, allow me to- The way that you asked that though, Todd, it makes me, you like, <laughs> it made me nervous the way that you said <laughs> what, do we have, what do we have coming here? Nervous is a level of interest, uh, according to Grant Cardone. So um, <laughs> the only rules with this is you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind, number one, and number two, no thinking. Good? Okay. 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 Let's kick us off here. Um, what was the favorite rock concert or music concert you've ever been to in your life? Rufus Dosol. Solid answer. Solid answer. Mine is probably some 41. Jonathan, what was yours? Favorite concert? Yeah. Don't Lupe. say Rick Ross. No, no, no. Lupe Fiasco. Lupe. Ooh, that's, that's high energy right there. I like kick, that. Kick push, baby. Mm, yeah. yeah what it is that's what it is all, all right. right next question if you could talk to anybody's dog in the entire world not including your own whose dog would you talk to and what would you talk to them about einstein einstein's dog what about i mean what's it like living with einstein do you probably say he feeds me and also what's einstein i'm a dog i don't know anything i talked to kanye west's dog I would also, I would be interested in, in like Pete Davidson's dog because <laughs> I would just want to get that dog help at this point. Like get into a dog smoke. You know, you're free, Fido, get, get going. All right, uh, next question. What does outer space smell like? Gas. Gas, okay, cool. We had egg last time. Someone was like, um, um, egg. I'm like, Sticking with egg. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, we're going to find out in, when Starfield comes out next week, baby. I know Jonathan's going to get on <laughs> Ooh, that. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll report back without her. It smelled like Cheetos and Mountain Dew. That's what <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm going to be in Lima when, they, when this game comes out or when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for five weeks. I'm buying an Xbox and just for this friggin' game. Like, I, and true, that's going to be my primary purpose when I'm there is just to enjoy Starfield. Yeah. Well, hopefully the launch goes well with uh, with Bethesda behind it. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Last question on the rapid fire. We'll, we'll wrap it up after this. Uh, Scott, if you had a billboard that everybody in the world, everybody everywhere, including Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, could see this billboard, what would this billboard say? Um. Have faith in the universe and have faith in yourself. It's going to be okay. Powerful. Powerful. I love that. I love that. Jonathan, what would yours say? Go get what you're worth, man. 
Yeah. It's the same thing I've been saying for like five fucking years now. <laughs> you know, surprises there. Same thing. I'd probably man. say something like you missed your exit or just mess with people, like make them be like, oh, hell, I missed my exit. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> I'm a very literal person. It's my fault. <laughs> well, with that being said, Scott, hey, what's the best way for people to get connected with you, follow you, do all the things? Connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, right now, my consultancy, um, I'm opening it up slowly and surely. So send me, send me a message there. Um, DM, DM me in and apply to become a client. Cool. Hey, give us a little bit of context on the consultancy. What do you, what do you offer and how you helping people? I know you're doing like building, scaling, selling. So if you kind of want to break that down for our audience, I think that'd be great. Yeah, so I'm focused on helping visionary CEOs turn their vision into tangible projects, action items to their team, help them build the culture that they, they want to build and ensure that shit gets done in the mm. way that they want it to get done. Well, God knows there's a ton of business owners and CEOs that can use your help. So for y'all tuning in, I'll make sure I have all that stuff in the show notes so y'all can connect with Scott. And once again, Scott, thank you for taking time out of your uh, lavish vacation that you have so desperately uh, earned through uh, building this awesome company. I'm glad that you're enjoying your time overseas, man. Um, I just want to thank you for taking time to share your time and your treasure with us today. It's my honor, Jonathan and uh, Todd. Thanks for having me. Cool. Awesome. So, so, so for y'all tuning in, make sure you go out there, be like Scott Conway and go get what you're worth, baby. Yay. And that's a wrap for this episode. The real talk of real business pros. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this journey with us. We hope today's episode inspired you to take your career relationships and personal life to new heights. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. So you never miss an episode until next time. Keep on getting what you're worth. Yeah, yeah.